Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. So this is an episode with Tanith Lee, also known as Mrs. Menopause. And this is Tanith's second interview on the podcast. A few episodes back, she came on and talked about mental health, which was a brilliant episode. Got a lot of really good feedback from that. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go check out episode 166, Menopause and Mental Health. This episode, we talk about brain health and we cover all sorts about what happens to the brain in menopause, what is menopause brain, practical steps we can take to support our brain health, why it's so important to seek rest, connection, fun, what nutrition supplements can help a lot at this time for both supporting blood sugar levels, supporting the brain, making us feel at our best. And also we talk a little bit about dementia and Alzheimer's and what to be aware of and how we can lower the risk. There are a few links in the show notes to things that we talk about in this episode. And I'd love to hear what you think of it. If you have any questions, have any feedback, please let me know. Click on the links in the show notes to get in touch with Tanith as well and find out more about her programmes that she has to offer. Her newsletter is well worth subscribing to and the links are in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. Tanith, welcome back. Thanks for coming back on the show. I'm back. You heard me back. Thank you. <laughs> we had a we had a really good response to that last episode. So thanks again for doing that. And I will link to that episode in the show notes so people can check that one out. Mm. And this time we are talking about brain health and the menopause brain. Yes. So let's kick things off with like what is menopause brain, brain health? Okay, so um <clears throat> When we talk about brain health, I think I'm just wondering what comes to people's mind. But for me, when I think about a healthy brain, it's about I I think about mental health and then I think about diseases that are affected, you know, that that affect the brain. But I think also with that, then we have the the changes that happen at menopause. So I guess there's there's three different aspects, but ultimately we're dealing with that glorious glorious things sat in our head that we just uh, take for granted and it, up it goes. So I think those are the three three main areas of brain health. And uh, I want to maybe drill down in, in into those areas a little bit and then we can, um, you know, help your listeners by giving them some ideas and, and some tips about how they can support their brain. So if we talk about, um, if we talk about, brain health in terms of menopause Hayley tell me what are the main what are the main symptoms what do your what do your uh, clients come to you about when they talk about the brain health so brain fog is yeah. one of the first ones that comes to mind and a lot of people experience that in some way mm-hmm. we spoke last time about the sense of anxiety and kind of yep. mental health struggle that you can get as well yeah and I think anxiety is a big one. Concentration, focus. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are some of the ones my clients most commonly yeah, experience when absolutely. it comes to the brain. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it kind of 
So we've got the emotional stuff, which is what you're talking about, the anxiety and 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 the depression or anxious thought and depressive thoughts. Um, and then we've got more the brain fog, which is that cognition, that forgetting words. There's a word for that and I can never remember what it is. And it always makes me laugh. Forgetting words, uh, concentration, uh, memory loss, uh, yeah. lack of focus. And I would say brain like uh, fatigue. And I think all of that comes under that brain fog umbrella. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people get get it in var varying degrees, like any of the symptoms of menopause. Um, but what can be really tricky is for a lot of women who, um, you know, work. They need their brain, right? Need their brain to uh, to to get on with with their jobs, and uh, it can really affect women in the workplace a lot with this um, with the with the brain fog stuff. Um, should we talk a little bit about why it happens, particularly at menopause? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we um, have different receptors all over our body, and we have uh, one of the many ones we have is estrogen receptors that affect all different parts of our body. And this will make sense in a minute because then we'll see why we get menopause symptoms. So literally from the brains to our bones, to our joints, to, you know, every part of our body, you know, our, we know more about, you know, the breast, everywhere in our body has these estrogen receptors. So when the estrogen levels are lower, of course, those receptors aren't getting fed <laughs> what they're used to, if you like. So this is what can cause the problem. So this is why symptoms of menopause, these messages from the body are so global in the body um, because, because we have these receptors everywhere. But just talking about the brain. So if the brain isn't getting the estrogen it needs, if these, these receptors aren't firing, that's why it feels like we're getting that fog. So there's different ways of, um, of dealing with that. And we can go, there's certainly a lot of lifestyle changes that can really help with uh, with your brain and how it functions. And the good news is all those things that we do to help the brain radiate out into the whole body. OK, so we're not going to be inventing anything new, but I think if we can if we can focus on getting the brain switched on and working better, everything else is going to function better as well. So we can talk about we can talk about how that works um, as we go through. So that's more the cognitive side. When it comes to like the, uh, the anxiety and depression, that is um, perhaps more complicated, um, not necessarily to do with what's going on in the brain, but I would have thought, I don't know exactly, that probably that does have an influence. Of course it does. It's the main operating system. But then the other changing hormones then can have an impact in the anxiety and the depression. But again, if we go up a level and we look at our, just our brain health kind of at the top of the, like if you're looking at, you know, a, a decision tree, if you just look at brain health, that is going to help with everything. So it's going to help with mental health. It's going to help with how our brain is actually, actually working on the day to day. So um, it's good to know about the difference between the two. Um, but I think, we were talking about this before we, we started recording, didn't we, Hayley, that we just let's try and keep it really simple because, you know, potentially this can be a really big and potentially a really complicated subject, which is the last thing our brain needs. 
struggling (laughs) to uh, to function um yeah so that's I think the definition of what where it would be good to um to help your listeners today yeah that's brilliant and yeah it is nice to think isn't it that what is good for the brain is good for everything else anyway really focus on a few key things for that it does help our mental health our heart health our gut health I just general experience of life absolutely yeah and I think if we if we focus on the brain you know if if cognitively we're feeling better and our mood is feeling better might not be perfect but you know we all know it's a bit of a fallacy but if we can just move things up a notch then we feel more inclined to um, continue doing what we're doing and maybe look at other areas of what maybe in our wellness arena if you like of life might need doing uh, might need looking at if you see what I mean yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. mood impacts everything doesn't it so you oh have a happy it really brain. does yeah yeah the but kids. as we talked about in the in the last episode yes uh you know there's also a lot we can do to um even when we're not feeling that great there is there is stuff that we can do to help ourselves kind of move forward as well especially when we identify that negative voice which seems to come out I don't know about you, how you are, but for me personally, I've got a couple of, well, my main trigger for when my, uh, when I'm feeling my mental health is going, you know, I feel very tired. No, retract that. When I'm really tired, it's a big trigger. When I'm really tired, it feels like all the wheels are falling off quite quickly. Like my mood will go down. My brain function will go, you know, it all seems to drop quite quickly. And it's it's really interesting. It's like when I used to have periods, you used to get PMS. You, it's not until your period comes, you're like, oh, right. That's why I'm feeling yeah. like that. Um, so maybe that's a good thing as well for people to maybe identify if they're if they have if they have triggers. Another another good example is blood sugar dips. That's really common, right? When people dip, um, they feel really they can feel quite anxious and not realize it's actually to do with blood sugar and not to do with um necessarily linked to anything else so that's a that's something we can talk about that maybe later when we talk about um how we can help our brain yeah that's another really good point definitely i'll come back to that yeah um so yeah i mean that that was where i was kind of wanting to head next actually is what can we do to support the brain and improve our brain health yeah well i want to i've definitely this so we'll stay at that um that global um brain health level but i think it would be really good as well at the end to talk about more of the disease type things and i'm of course i'm talking about dementia and alzheimer's uh something that most people we don't want to talk about but um but i think you know if we could if we could circle back around and have a little chat around that at the end as well it's not all big and scary there's a lot we can do that's preventative and it, and you know it's not going to be nothing new but there are things that we can do and I think it's worth actually a lot of women do actually get scared when their brain fog is so bad that they've actually got something seriously wrong with them and I'm going to show you a way that you can actually you know explore and give you uh, and get it tested basically so we can talk about that Okay, so how can we help our brain? It's the same things, isn't it? This is not a list that no one's seen before. Um, you know, the basics, and I'm sure this is what you must, you know, you talk about probably, Hayley, you know, exercise, you know, a balance, whatever a balanced diet is, I still don't know. I think it's it's a funny old term, that, isn't it? Good sleep, you know, getting outdoors, all these things that we know about, hydration, all these things. Um, 
but you know social interaction oh we you reeled off a list before the podcast didn't you Hayley? is there's so many things we can do but if we i want to talk really in terms of um nourishment so what we're actually eating how that can help with our brain so i've got a few things here that are really really useful to think about one of the things is our omega-3s so these are the omega-3 fatty acids that are found mainly in oily fish and um, most people are not eating enough oily fish to have a positive impact and the the research is out there that we need to have lots of this healthy fats uh, our brain is about, I think it's like 60% fat. It's another reason why we need some cholesterol in our diet. But anyway, that's another topic. <laughs> but we need we need this healthy fat to support our brain. And not only, you know, it's brain function, but it also can help other um, systems in the body as well. So getting the omega-3 up. So what does that mean? Uh, the recommendations are to eat oily fish two or three times a week, like a portion of oily fish. Um, you've got to watch where your fish is coming from, of course, these days. Uh, you know, we've got to find out where our fish is coming from and everything else. Um, I can give some links to like the best ones to get in terms of ethically sourced, best quality, great. making sure, you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever seen how this um, these fish farms um anyway that's another maybe that's another topic yeah. but trying to get the best as much as we can afford the best quality oily fish we can i actually use tin mackerel quite a lot um as a way of and i give it to the dog as well it's good for his skin as well <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's anti-inflammatory and very good for the brain there are some um really good supplements that you can use and omega-3 but out of, out of all the supplements, I think omega-3s are the ones you really need to be investing in a really good quality. Because if you get a poor quality uh, omega-3, all it's going to do is create more inflammation in the body. And actually, one of the things we want to create less of in our body as we get older is inflammation. So it's it's worth getting a a really good quality uh, omega-3 supplement if you well I would say um probably most people need to have a supplement and eat a bit of fish as well um the, but a lot of people don't like fish but the fish the thing with supplementation isn't it it's just one one of the nutrients from the uh from the um from the source but if you have a fish you've got other nutrients in there with it which makes it into a nice yeah. magical package exactly so yeah, so oily fish is a is a win. And if you're going for a, a supplement, have you got any particular good quality ones that you recommend? Um. Okay, so uh, locally to us, there's Bear Biology, which is fairly local. Lewis, um, they're good. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, but Bear Bi Bear Biology is pretty good. I would say anything. I wouldn't buy anything off the high street. And would you go for anything off of Amazon or would you go for somewhere mm. specific? It's hard for me to know because I, I don't use, I wouldn't use Amazon generally for supplements. Depends what it is. You know, I I use different websites like the Natural Dispensary and stuff like that. That's how I recommend stuff. 
Um, but I can certainly put a couple of give you a couple of things to go in the show notes as a couple of things, that, uh, a couple of recommendations people can go and have a look at. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So yeah, I, I say the same. If, if ideally, if we can get it from fish, oily fish, yeah. good quality oily fish, then yeah. brilliant. But yeah, like you say, a lot of people wouldn't either enjoy fish that often or just don't tend to have it yeah. three times a week. So a supplement's yeah. just. It's yeah, exactly. Brainer, um, um, Nutri Advance, their Eskimo range is a good one as well. And I'd like to add, I know we're talking about menopause and uh, like midlife and getting older, but actually this is really key for kids. Really key for kids, really key for women when they're pregnant because that growing baby is going to use up all that omega-3 and we need to supplement with it uh, for, for, the, for the child's um, brain health as well. But even, you know, any age, we need to be on these omega threes as much as we can, or eating fish if we can. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we little island that we are, surrounded mm. <laughs> by fish, but we just don't eat it as much as we used to. I know there's various reasons for that, but as much as we can, yeah, eating that oily fish. I, there's a ratio. Um, you can actually test your omega three status, and we're going to talk about this later in terms of the um, dementia and the Alzheimer's. But actually, you can test your omega threes and the okay. ratio. So you've got omega three fatty acids, and you've also got other um, omega. So you've got the uh, six and nine as well. So these are the things that are more plant based oils, and they can be, unless you've got like a extra virgin olive oil. A lot of these sunflowers, rapeseeds, that kind of stuff can be pro-inflammatory. It's really confusing for a lot of people with the fat, what fat to use. I understand that. Um, but what, what we've got to think about is the ratio. Back when we were, uh, you know, cave dwellers, they think, of course, we don't know. We haven't got the data going that far back. But the ratio of omega-3 fatty acids, the fish, fish oils, compared to the other oils was about one to one. But now it's probably one to 20 or something, or if not more. I don't know the exact numbers of that. But what it, what I mean is the ratio of these inflammatory oils is much higher than the anti-inflammatory. So it's getting that balance. So if when we do these blood tests, uh, it will give you, it will tell you. Sometimes, you know, don't guess, let's just test. And these tests are becoming more and more available for everyone you know for price points and that kind of thing and it's really worth testing because then once we know we know right and then we can that's something we can address as well so that's the first one is omega-3s i should be uh i should have my own supplement company shouldn't i that would have been a good <laughs> that would have been a good sell <laughs> just to quickly clarify on that too like if we're thinking what are the best types of oily fish to go for i would mm. normally say to people salmon sardines yeah. mackerel perfect herrings herring one of them yeah yeah i mean that's not something you most people usually usually have and anchovies is the other one yeah anchovies of. great yeah perfect that, that's exactly what Should i would care. um that's exactly what i recommend the salmon we just have to be careful where it comes from now yeah the farm salmon isn't great quality um yeah uh, that that would be the only thing um, but we know we can only do our best, right? We can only do our best. And yeah. That's... Looking for the um, one of the ways you can look is that I think that's more sustainability, isn't it? But the MS mm. MSDC. That's it. That's it. Logo yeah, that's exactly on the fish. That. Marine. That, I can't remember what it's called now. Yes. But yeah, one, you can go yeah. on their website if you really want to go there and go and have a look. It's quite interesting to see what they're doing because, yeah, unfortunately our oceans are not in a great state, aren't they? But um, hopefully they're on. Um, they're improving now. So yeah. So that'd be that'd be a really good one. Okay, should we move on to the next yep. thing? 
Okay, so this one, again, um, we know about this, but it's always worth reminding people, vitamin D. Yes. Vitamin D. Now, what I, what I love about vitamin D is actually called a vitamin, but it's actually hormonal, like it's more like a hormone. But, you know, most GPs now know the importance of vitamin D. So most GPs will test for vitamin D status. So they, you know, find, you know, that I mean, they are about... I'm not going to say it. I'll carry on. The GPs are catching up or rather the NH and the GPs, the NHS is catching up with, you know, um, this, this way of thinking now, the, um, um, because if you think the reason why I like this is just an example of how we are progressing because it wouldn't have been that many years ago, the GPs wouldn't have known the importance of vitamin D, um, and now they do, you know, that they are willing to test it. Again, vitamin D is really easy to test online. Um, it's a really, it's a fairly cheap test. It's a finger brick test. Again, you can do it. Um, and that gives you a good status. But it's really important for our brain health. Um, it's researched a lot uh, in terms of our of our mental health. And it's found in oily. So you can you can have vitamin D from your diet. Oily fish, there we go, double win, hurrah. Egg yolks, um, uh, liver, um, and again, you've got to be careful if you if you like liver. I love liver, but it's got to be organic. If you think the liver cleanses, it's one of the detoxification organs in the body, so we don't want one that's full of rubbish. So you need to get organic, ideally. Um, but that's a really good, um, people don't eat awful, do they now? And actually, it's the best part of the animal. Yeah, so many nutrients in the in that kind of meat yeah. and organ meats. Organ meats. But if you look at um I mean if you look at the wild, what do you think of our you know, the big cats and they catch whatever they catch the zebra, the first bit they they're not chewing on a leg, are they? The first bit they go for is uh is the organs. It's the most nutritionally dense part. Just, we just, yeah, we don't this doesn't appeal, does it, when you think about it? No, I'll, I'll I think we've just become either. yeah, I just uh, just I guess food and it's cheap. <laughs> that's the thing yeah. it's cheaper as well but it, it's we just we just uh, culture i suppose it just changes doesn't it the types of the types of food people get really squeamish about this kind of thing but anyway i don't i'm not here to sell liver we've um, actually bought liver as it reminded me we bought some liver and um we were trying to mix that into what we were eating so we've chopped up liver mm. into very small very small oh, chunks yeah. and frozen it so we can just put a little bit into other things that we're having that's like a really good idea casseroles we had some chopped up steak minced uh, meat that we were having with something else and it kind of it just goes in there and you can't really tell it's there yeah you can't it's it is a really strong flavor and it depends what kind of liver you're having as well um my husband's chinese and um his mother well it, it cooks it well my husband cooks it as well but a really thinly sliced liver with spring onions and soy sauce stir fried up nice bang in that, it's so good. good yeah really nice that's really nice so and again looking at other cultures you know you mentioned the blue yeah. zones earlier looking at different cultures now we're not saying eat liver every day that's not going to be good for us either but it's that balance that lovely word balance again isn't it <clears throat> but it's diversifying what we're eating so the more we <clears throat> I'm sure this happened last time my throat went the more we diversify the more chance we've got of getting all the different minerals minerals and vitamins that we need so that's why it's good to um, add those things so yeah vitamin d has been linked now to um improving mental health we know 
it helps with the mood. We know it helps with our bone health. It helps in so many different uh, functions in the body. So we need to be supplementing in the winter, definitely. In the UK, um, because we just don't get enough sunlight to have it. Even if we're eating it, we still, you know, even if we're getting it from food, generally we're going to need more supplementation. Again, don't guess, you know, test. You can test the levels. Uh, if you are having tests, as in as a nutritional therapist, we are looking for 75 nanomole per litre as our baseline. Some people need a bit more than that, depending on what, if they've got any conditions going on. I think the lowest level of the NHS range is 25. I think that's a deficiency. That, I mean, I've, I know people who have gone that low and it's, you know, the good thing is once you get those levels up, it makes a massive difference. So yeah, vitamin D status is really, really key as well. And so vitamin that, D supplementation, yeah, cheapest chips, right? Any recommendations on on where to get that from, particular brands again, or just just vitamin D is different. Vitamin D is is just yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty standard. Um, I quite like the sprays and the drops sometimes. They but it depends. Some people for um depends how people take stuff. You know what we want is to encourage people to take the vitamins. Otherwise, if you leave them in the pot, they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so whatever works for people, but yeah, drops because sublingual, which is under the tongue, you absorb it much quicker. Um, yeah, the, 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 so it doesn't really matter. I don't think so much. And what about a dosage? If people say they haven't been able to get their levels checked, but they're just looking for a dose mm -hmm. to get through the winter time. Do you have a general That's a really good question. Now the NHS suggestions is pretty low yeah um and again that would really good question would depend on your status i personally uh, would test i would test it and then i would work so i've worked with clients i would test see what the results come back up then i'd work out like from their body weight and stuff how much then we need to do it We'd probably do a little bit of a, if they're very low bit of a loading dose and then get up to maintenance yeah but if and not, testing if not would sure. be an easy one to, how would you get a test done? Would that be for a GP? Yeah, I mean, it depends on your GP. Depends on your GP. But there is literally called, I think it's something called vitamin D test online. I think it's like something like that. And it's the same lab that the NHS use. I'm writing this down, so I'm sure it's vitamin D test. Also online or something. Um, but I think you can even get it done in Superdrug or stuff like that. <clears throat> okay that's good. i'm saying that i might be talking <laughs> rubbish <laughs> um, i'll have, I'll have yeah. a look at that i'll put that in the show notes as well I'll put that um, in the show notes but it's very simple and and you know i'm this is why it's really good to have these conversations because we can people may not be aware how simple it is yeah absolutely get these kind of tests done so vitamin d is a really good one these are really you know these are easy-ish wins right for people to help their brain and would you say in the so we're saying supplement in the yeah. winter months say october to march yes. especially yeah. and in the summer would you say it's good to then get some sun exposure yeah without sun cream for a little bit of yeah time well? absolutely but we're all scared aren't we of mm. so it's again it's it's finding what works for you so for me i'm um, i'm quite fair i do go brown eventually um but i do burn quite quickly so i can't go out in the sun for very long exposed because I'll burn, especially at the beginning of the summer. Um, 
so then therefore I'm not exposing enough of my of myself to the sun then to synth synthesize that vitamin D. So it's going to depend. Now, people with darker skins need more vitamin D because they don't absorb it as much. Uh, you get more vitamin D from the sun when the sun's at its highest. So there's a lot of moving parts, but I don't want to overwhelm anyone. There's, there's some really good information online. Um, but some people may need to supplement during the summer, especially if they don't go out outside much, they're always covered up, then they may, may well need to. But the again, the only way they're going to know that really is by testing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 So those are the really good ones. Now, apart from, I mean, I'm just, just where, just, you know, I'm just conscious of time. All the other things that we talk about in terms of health and well-being, they are all relevant when it comes to the brain, aren't they? So exercise, daylight, sleep, all these things, you know, are going to be very relevant as well. I think hydration needs to be mentioned. Uh, a lot of people, when they struggle with their brain and focus and concentration it could be mild dehydration or severe dehydration it's really really common you may not feel thirsty but you could still be dehydrated so you know if you are feeling it's worth just you know putting another cup of glasses of water or herbal teas or something and just see if that makes a difference again it's an easy win and uh, sometimes we overlook these easy things, don't we? Looking for a magic, the magic solution. But these foundations are yeah. absolutely key. Yeah. Got to get the basics. Yeah. Um, and I think listening to your body as well. Listening. To, so if we are, if you are struggling with brain function, then maybe, you, you know, little moments of just allowing the brain to switch off. Daydreaming. And giving ourselves permission just to just to have a little daydream because the brain, it, it can't be on the go all the time. We live in a society, don't we? It's on, 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 on. Yeah. So a bit of daydreaming or just stepping away from where you are or, you know, um, I find going outside, not today, mind you, in this weather, <laughs> but going outside and looking up into the sky and you know, things like that, just to give your brain some kind of break. That's Breathing. a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, and it doesn't doesn't mean you have to go and meditate for an hour. Uh, that could be the older shitty committee. Do you remember him um, telling us that we have to do these big things for anything to work? Uh, you know, ignore that two minutes. Perfect. That might yeah. be just all you need just to change, just to, just to just not to get think. Yeah. Just you... to not think. Yeah. Daydream or doodling or just, you know. A few deep breaths if you just you sit in there, you just slow your breathing down. Yeah. Amazing I find getting into the makes. body as well. I find um, I, if I, um, I'm doing a lot of brain work at the moment, so I'm a bit like, oh. so I have to get up off my desk um, and I, I move my body, but I also touch my body. Um, so I rub my body like a, as if I was like exfoliating my body, but fully close. <laughs> That's the weirdest analogy. But because it kind of gets me out of my head and back into my body. So yeah, yeah that's sensation. I so, can see how that would work. Very yeah, well. I'm not sure if you can do that in a uh, open plan mixed office, but you know, <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> Get everyone doing it. One of my clients does that. Anything I share with her, she gets the whole office involved. It's hilarious. <clears throat> so that would be a really good one for brain health. <clears throat> how are we doing? Um, I think fun. <laughs> yeah, I think these are things that are not often talked about. Are they? I was I was going to kind of steer it in that direction. Yeah, and like fun connection yes. as well community having yeah. a healthy social network but yeah fun like we fun, get so caught up in just 
work and stress and life sometimes yeah. gets our front, yeah. don't we? And that's the best way of, uh, well, and another good way of uh, helping your brain is orgasm, but we probably haven't got time to go down that road, but that's a really good one. That's the most mindful thing you can do, right? You're not thinking about work, are you? <laughs> um, so fun and laughter, I think, is a really good one because it, you know, just, it just, it's a pattern interrupt because we can all do it, get into the seriousness and this, and we've all work and bills and and it gets like, oh, heavy, 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 but fun. However, have you got any top tips for, for ways to have fun, things that you enjoy? Oh, me. Um, I mean, I, I like to mess about, actually, and I do less of it now the kids aren't at home, which is really interesting. So I'm having to find my fun elsewhere. That said, my daughter is moving back again soon, but... Yeah, that fun and lightness, that messing around. I quite like to be silly. For me, I do it in my classes now. <laughs> they get me just messing around, um, <clears throat> watching things. I guess it's personal, isn't it? What you like, what you like to do for fun, and I, and interacting, meeting friends, having a laugh, having a joke. I can't, you know, that feeling when you're laughing at something so hard that your belly hurts has got to be the the best thing hasn't it for for brain it's just and your mood and your mental health I think it's so important absolutely I think there's a few people I know who've done things like silent discos and yes. anything sort of dance related a lot of people have found that has just been yeah such the a best mood. experience music is though isn't it I actually was writing about that earlier but music and maybe dancing by yourself as well yeah. um you can have fun by yourself. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, in, in a crowd if you like, but yeah, I think that I think, and um, something I really, I always share about this is like laughing yoga. Yes. Just watch the videos on YouTube because that'll make you laugh <laughs> and it's cringy. You feel a bit awkward. I've done it a few times. Uh, just kind of, uh, uh, kind of uh, group contagious laughing. Cause you have to, you have to fake it at the beginning. And it just feels awful. And the shitty committee is like, what are you doing? Stop it. But when you get into it, it's just it's just lovely because everyone is just laughing and you can just feel the energy just lifting. But yeah, on YouTube as well, um, go and find some laughing yoga. There's, there's some really good ones on there. There's some not good ones, but there are some good ones. But it is uh, funny. Yeah, I've got a few a few people who've just, yeah, finding videos on YouTube that make them it's, laugh is a really simple way to do yeah, it as well. Stand-up comics, yeah. whoever it is, whoever makes you laugh the most, just just to, yeah, because we do take life <clears throat> quite seriously, don't we? We do. And uh, fun makes life, I was going to say, I've got a little, I was going to say something, but I won't, I won't because I swear. But fun, yeah, definitely makes life feel better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where should we go time? next? Mm-hmm. We've got 15 minutes, haven't we? Do we want to go on to dementia, Alzheimer's and see I what we've got so. um, uh, The one thing we were going to circle back around to very quickly was the blood sugar. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about that. I think, that, I think that's worth bringing up again because people don't... A lot of people... I mean, it's getting more and more well-known now, but I still think people think about blood sugar and they think about diabetes, which is way down the line isn't it uh blood sugar control is really important um in terms of energy focus and concentration and the, when we've got an imbalance in our blood sugar uh kind of roller coaster what you know when it goes up and down if that's dysregulated so it's out of whack if you like that is um that's really really tiring for the body because our body is for the Honestly, the things it's doing right this second, our bodies are miraculous. It's trying to keep us in homeostasis. 
So it's always trying to bring it back to the level of, of balance. Um, so when we do things that take it out of that, it has to work super hard to bring it back. And if that's happening in different systems in your body, that's why a lot of people are absolutely exhausted. So it's that energy conservation. But when it comes to the blood sugar, our body's having to do the same because it's actually working to save your life. That's its main, that's its job, right? Our brain and our body is just trying to keep you alive one day to the next. So the blood sugar, uh, if people are eating things that really spike their blood sugar and then it'll come crashing down the other side, your body's having to work hard to manage that. And if that's happening, happening continually during the day, um, it also will be happening a little bit during the night. So it affects sleep. So things like, you know, um, sleep patterns, poor focus, uh, you know, uncontrollable appetite cravings, all these things can be uh, linked to blood sugar regulation. Those symptoms are also very similar to like menopause symptoms and other things going on. So it's another one that, you know, if you can look at that, that can really change someone's well-being and how they're feeling. And it also really affects the brain. It affects if we if our if we become insulin resistant. So that means then our brain can't actually take on board the glucose from our from our food. We're kind of starving the neurons. We're, we're starving those brain cells, and that would lead that will continue to lead to this kind of fog. So we might be eating glucose and carbohydrates, but actually all, all that's happening is our body can't actually use it and it's just storing it for later, which means storing it around our waist usually, but later never comes. So this is one of the reasons why we end up storing excess uh, body fat because of blood sugar. So someone's to put that in there about how important it is for our brain, not just, oh, you know, you know, blood sugar control or whatever it's really important to how our brain is working you got anything to add to that i guess well yeah are you then going on to what do we do about that i guess like, what, how do we what that's do, another how do we podcast to... <laughs> <laughs> thinking about what are the types of things that would would spike our blood sugar and how do we just eat in a way that keeps it a bit more stable Ooh, that is a big topic um okay so without telling everyone that they just need to stop eating sugar and cakes and simple carbohydrates, let's think about the things we can add into our diet. So it's not always about what we're eating. It's about food combining too. So making sure we've got enough protein. Most people are not eating enough protein. Really common with women. See it time and time again. They're just not eating enough protein. Um, and it can be in all forms. So most food you eat has the level of protein. So it's not just about smashing out, you know, four chicken breasts a day or anything. Oh, in fact, I would not recommend that at all. You can get your protein in different forms. So if you do use a tracking app, you don't have to use it forever, but it actually is a good way of seeing where you're getting different proteins from, from animals and from vegetables and from plant-based. That's a really good thing. Rough guidelines, one gram of protein per kilo of body fat. No, body weight, not body fat, body weight. So if you're 80 kilos, you need 80 grams protein a day. And I'd say that would be a, a minimum too. Like you can go higher than that, minimum, can't you? And you can go you can higher. Yeah. It depends, again, on the person, their needs, their age, all that kind of stuff. It's a bit of a ball mark. Most, most people aren't hitting that. Yeah. 
that in itself can help feed one it just stabilizes the blood sugar because you um it will it will slow down any carbohydrates you're eating with it if you are eating any and it will <clears throat> and it'll just it'll just balance everything out a little bit and you will usually cravings are reduced um making sure we're getting you know a rainbow of vegetables so not just leaf, green leafy vegetables, which are great, but we need a rainbow. We need that diversity again. You're literally then giving yourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, all the nutrients it needs and that will reduce cravings and that also will help blood sugar control. Um, ideally moving to um, three meals a day. And this is going to depend on the person. We've been repeatedly you know, marketed to since the 70s, maybe the 80s that we need a snack. Everyone's got a snack, 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 snack. Um, but actually we're not designed to snack. Our digestion needs a gap, needs a break. It has to have a window of opportunity to do its job. Um, but when I, I work with a lot of grazers, so their blood sugars are spiking up and down, up and down, up and down during the day. That, as I mentioned before, is exhausting. So if we can start to space out our meals a little bit and it takes time i'm not saying to people okay if you're a grazer just that's it then just eat three meals a day because i wouldn't want to be on the back end of of that it takes a gradual process but that will help it will teach your body and it just calms everything down as well exercise is going to help your blood sugar levels the more muscles you've got the more you're going to be using up excess glucose or glycogen in the in the muscles so those would be those are i'm probably missed a couple but um those are really good ways to start to help balance your blood sugar levels and it's not about having a flat line we need the undulations we need the ups and downs it's the peaks and the rapid dips that come afterwards that can cause people issues yeah yeah Agreed. And yeah, to sum things up, I guess with that, then we've got protein, mm -hmm. protein throughout the day in each meal, yeah. preferably. I always try and steer people towards that Mediterranean diet style way yes. of eating, like lots yeah. of vegetables. Traditional Mediterranean diet. Yeah. Yeah. Beans, lentils, chickpeas in there, like whole grains are fine, but yeah. that rainbow of vegetables, that, that different colour, different diversity of mm. veg is a huge one. And yeah and then yeah exercise strength training particularly but any exercise yeah. is brilliant to do yeah keep yeah. hold of muscle muscle is a massive res reservoir for blood sugar levels blood sugars so yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's... i think it's just noting with um i can send you a link to the uh, alliance of natural health i've got a really nice visual of a plate and how, you know, if people are, I'm a really visual person and it just shows you a nice visual of how to you know, balance your plate, how much veg and how much protein. And it just, it's, an, it's a really nice visual as well. You know, once we focus on adding the stuff in or the good stuff, we start feeding our body actually what it needs to survive and thrive and, and do all the wonderful process it does. We naturally want to eat less of the processed foods. The reason your body wants processed foods, sugars, quick foods they absorb really quickly into the body is because your your body is always um wanting energy because it's not getting what it needs so if we can you know once we if we kind of reverse engineer it and put the good stuff in your body will naturally 
not what I'm not saying it's a miracle, but it will naturally not want as much of that stuff. And doesn't that feel a better way of living rather than being on a diet and you know um, saying that's it we can't ever have you know can't have any sugar sugar is poison sugar is you know all this stuff we hear um and then because your brain our brain as soon as it's told not to do something what's he gonna do he wants it (laughs) it's just the way it works um you know so there's nothing wrong with puddings eh Hayley 100% yeah (laughs) It's, it's about Crowding out a lot of the the, the junk sort of snack food, yeah. isn't it? Crowding it out with the good stuff that makes Absolutely. you feel joy. And then then you're kind of making space for those things that are really worth it now and again. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's an abundance cake. mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Peace. nothing's bad. Nothing's Not off limits. Bad. You're just putting in stuff that makes you feel yeah. amazing. And yeah, now and again, having a cake yes, or a sticky toffee pudding, completely fine too. Awesome. Do we like, have time still to talk about... <laughs> Alzheimer's and dementia. Well, I just wanted to mention it because, you know, it's, it's, you know, all these brain conditions are on the increase. Mental health issues, you know, brain conditions, it seems to be on the increase. And there's a few reasons why. Okay. So, and as women, particularly going through the menopause, it slightly increased our risk. Now, I don't want to, you know, there are lots of stats and facts and figures and I don't want to do, because it can be a bit, it can feel a bit heavy. Um, But I think a level of awareness of, of what's going on in our brain as we get older is, is, is needed. I don't think any of us want to, you know, to think we're going to have to suffer with anything like those those diseases so prevention is a is a lot easier than um cure so there's a lot there's a lot of um research going on to it and the website i'm going to i've sent sharing you sharing with hello brain words i shared the link but this is uh food for your brain um and I find it really a really useful website. It's by um, set up by Patrick Holford, who is like you know the original nutritional therapist. And he set up this website. And what you can do, it's it, they call it. Hang on, I've got the word here that he he used to. Um, what do they call it? They call it citizen science research. So basically, it's using the information that we give give it as a way of researching mental health so it's all about looking after our health uh, our brain health through preventative and this is a lot where you know this lot this information has come from so you can go and sign up and you can do a cognition test for one so you can you can do a cognition test and you can answer a questionnaire and it will tell you how if you've got any risk at all of, of of getting these conditions um, it just gives you an idea. And then from there, it will give you some feedback about what you can do to to improve that. So it would be the things we've talked about. It will be the omega threes and the vitamin D. There's other things as well they test for, but it might be worth, especially if you've got family history. Um, it might be worth just going on. I, I've, I've done the, I've done the test a couple of times um, in terms of the cognition and uh, questionnaire tests. I find I just there's the little geek in me I just find it really interesting and I think it's it's almost like taking that thing about uh, taking that personal responsibility for our own health right 
Um, so that would be a really good one if people want to get involved on that. And the other thing that they do, and I've talked about testing a few times. Now, I'm not affiliated with these guys or anything like that, but they um, they do a test, a blood test now that can actually test some of the, the levels of things we were talking about, plus a couple more. So again, you can have a really good, um, you could test and then you'd have some more um, ideas about what is going on for you. But the things I've spoken about, the brain health stuff is definitely going to help all with those kind of diseases, brain diseases as well, and prevention. Sleep is key for 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 those for those um, types of diseases. I don't know if people realise, but our brain, your brain, overnight uh, goes through kind of like a cleaning phase. We have a in our body, we have the lymph system. Everyone knows we've got a lymph, and that's one of our ways that the body cleans the body and transports nutrients around. And we have a similar system in the brain. Begins the G, can't remember what it is. I want to say it's the glyphs. The glymphatic system. Glymphatic, thank you. I love my menopause brain. <laughs> Gives other people the opportunity to help me. <laughs> um, and that works overnight when we sleep. But of course we know as we're going through menopause, what's the one thing women struggle with? Is their sleep. So it's not having the opportunity to do that deep clean, if you like. So I don't want to say this to, you know, worry anyone or scare anyone, but it's just knowledge and knowing what's going on in, in our brain. And that is, you know, that 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 overnight clean is helping to remove the plaques that can build up and cause some of these conditions. So sleep, maybe test, think about the things we've shared about today on that website. There are so many, so much really good information, but I just wanted to voice it with you. Um, and just put it out there, not as a way to scare people, but just as a way to say, you know, let's let's look at our brain health and let's let's see actually what's going on. Fantastic. Yeah, that's really helpful. That's that's yeah. maybe think of a few other things. I think I'll do another a follow on episode going into a few other bits in, in more yes. detail as well. Because I was yeah, going to talk about really exercise. Yeah. Yeah. The specifics of that. There's yeah, plenty of stuff I can add to that. But oh, that's... there really is. Yeah, there really you can go is. You go forever, can't you? We could talk about this. Hour yeah, but hour. I think going back to how we started this uh, this episode, at the beginning I said, you know, let's just talk, talk about brain health and these are the things we can do. And really that's what we're talking about. Yes, we've gone off in different directions. We've talked about the menopause brain. We've talked about emotions. I've been talking a little bit about brain disease. And But actually, if we go all the way up and get those foundations in and think about fundamentally what we can do to look after our to our brain that is definitely going to ripple out then into the rest of the um rest of the body and the rest of the brain 100 percent, and it does come back to those those core foundational things doesn't it nutrition sleep yeah stress management having having fun having fun is a big one community Massive, connection yeah. spending time with people taking time to rest and breathe and let your brain switch off for even yeah. just a few minutes as well yeah Brilliant. That's really helpful. And managing blood sugar as well. That was the other one, wasn't yeah. it? Managing blood we didn't sugar talk about stress nutrition. as well, but the stress cycle, you know, that's a really important one. But again, that's probably another episode. <laughs> so many episodes we could I'm do. I'm creating so much work for you. I can only apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some great stuff coming out soon, haven't you, as well? Because I will link to your um how to get onto your newsletter in the yes. show notes as well. Because you've got something coming out in, in the next few weeks, a free a download. Yes, on- right menopause midlife brain mental health and mental fitness yes let's focus on that uh you've got a talk coming up in Burgess Hill in yes. April as well yes. Sussex um 
on menopause, midlife, brain health, and mental health, open yeah. to everyone. Yeah, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to open it up because usually it's just women that come, but actually, uh, you know, there are other people that that would may find it interesting as well, or may want to support somebody in their family or their friends. So I'm just saying, look, it's for everyone. And actually, the brain it it's all transferable. Even though I'm talking about midlife, you know, women and menopause, maybe it's all transferable to 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 anyone it's all it's nothing new here so yeah i'm doing doing that i haven't even that's not even on my website the best way for people to keep up to date with my stuff is to join my menopause musings um newsletter uh because that's where i tend to send everything out on my website is currently being updated with lots of bits and pieces so it's not much on there yeah and okay. i'm also going to be running an eight-week program that covers all these different elements so the wheel of of well-being so the different pillars that i use in in my uh in my clinic with with my clients i'm going to be doing that online as a small group training as well so again if you want to find out more you can either email me um or you can just find me on my website mrs menopause mrs menopause yep and i'll put the links to that in the show okay. notes as well fantastic mm. thank you very much yeah. so loads of helpful stuff there and everything will be in the links in the show notes and I can yeah. send you yes if anyone wants to get in touch with me I can send them on to you if they yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah absolutely just email me I like I like uh I like hearing from people so if you've got any questions just let me know amazing thank you very much again for your time to come on the podcast thanks really for moving back <laughs>